again. Dwayne Brunett here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolOnTalk.com. Ali, good morning, sir. Yeah, good to be with you as well, Dwayne. It's, uh, boy, weeks go by too quick, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you know, some weeks do, some weeks don't. I remember the, the when we were closed for Christmas, the two weeks, the first week felt like it was a month, and the right. second week uh, just felt like it was two days. Well, my first week felt like it was six months on one vacation because I had the kidney stones, so that was brutal. Right. And uh, and and then, of course, you know, just like my luck, right the day before I'm supposed to go back, I passed the kidney stone. I'm all better. So basically God was saying, stay in bed this week. We need to get you to recover and then go back to work now. So it was interesting. Yeah, no time, but... no time lost. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, yeah, you weren't meant to take a vacation. You You got to get to work. <laughs> So cool. So we're back on. We have um, this is our second call of the year already. What episode is this? One fifty. One hundred and fifty-seven. Yep. Crazy. That's crazy. We should be millionaires. We should have our own syndicated show by now. Millionaires. You know, it's funny though. I so many people just recently reached out to me. Um, love what we do. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for all the information. We, you know, I use it. I do this with it. It's just amazing to hear that we have such an impact on, on people. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty, pretty nice. We don't charge anything. We don't have advertising on our, our, uh, podcasts, which we probably should consider. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're just, I, our goal is just to help people. And, and I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and that's, you know, why I think we got together. Um, yeah. I know that you give out the farm and, 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 uh, I think since I've been hanging around with you, I, I give out the farm more than I ever did before. Yeah. I just had a guy I chatted with today. I never, I, I think we've met in the past, but I, we don't really know each other that well. And he just reached out to me this morning. Hey, I have questions on this, this, and this. I'm like, call me. So we talked for like 40 minutes, you know, and I'm saying to myself, I remember once I won't mention the coach's name, very prominent businessman. And I reached out to him and, um, you know, he charges a lot. And he basically, all he would say to me was, hey, I could help you and it would cost you this much. And I'd say, well, I'd like to kind of know what, you know, we could do. He's like, oh, well, you know, I, you, you could pay me and we'll start talking. Like he would not even give me a tidbit of free information until we chatted. And, and his philosophy was, my time is worth money. I'm not going to give anything away. It's not going to happen. And uh, if you want it, you have to pay for it. And he is valuable. I ended up doing some coaching with him. It was very valuable. Um, but, uh, yeah, he wouldn't give away anything for free. He, it just wasn't his cup of tea, you know, and I get it, but, uh, but we do. That's right. That's right. And I, I have to apologize. I'm here at the studio, uh, because I've got a UPS package that was, uh, tried to be delivered yesterday. And unfortunately nobody was here at that time and I need that yeah. package today. So, uh oh, um, uh oh. well, I've got a, uh, it's a reading night thing at one of the area schools. They contacted me and, uh, they've got like goodie bags and all this other stuff for the kids. So, uh, there's 400 goodie bags. So I'm able to put in, you know, 400 advertising pieces. And plus I have a table there and what have you. So I, oh. I need to get that stuff in, but that's got to be in today so they can stuff the bags. Are you giving them your book or something? No. Well, I, I have a few books that I'm bringing for, for, uh, like they have some raffles and stuff like that. And then I've got some backpacks and some cinch bags. Uh, that I'm going to bring too, so that they can uh, raffle those off. Oh, cool! That's awesome. Well, wow, that's great. I know you've written how many books now? Uh, four. But the problem is, I, I need to do a children's book like you. You know, yeah. I need to do a children's book because this would have been perfect to have uh, children's books. Like a fictional book, or just a book on four children, or maybe about? Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, well, this particular 
event is all about reading. And, and so they asked me, like, what was your favorite book when you were a kid? Why is reading important in your right. uh, line, of, line of work? And, and um, you know, what do you use reading for, you know, now that you're yeah. an adult and those type of things. So, well, I have to tell you, like, you and I are very into reading. I know that uh, I just gobble books up. I just read a great book called um, – Stories I Tell My Friend by Rob Lowe. I'm take a little. <laughs> yeah, and Rob Lowe is like, I'm, I, he's an incredible actor. He's been doing acting since he was a baby, and it all tells about his struggles throughout his life, and it was just very interesting. Like, all those celebrities that are famous now were all best friends back in the day, and how they grew up together, you know, uh, uh, Martin Sheen's kids, Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, Patrick Swayze, all these people. Um, you know, Matt Dillon, uh, uh, Leif Garrett, all of these kids, they all acted together. They were all, they all used to hang around and make their own movies. And now they're all huge celebrities. So it goes to show you like what you put your mind to and what you focus on, you can achieve. But I love reading books and writing. And my book I wrote for my kids was more for to tap into their imagination, but it's filled with curriculum-based ideas that we teach throughout our school. So I thought, hey, I'll write this book. The parents could read it to the kids. They'll be more cemented into the lessons because the parents hear it. The kids like it. Um, but I still get parents. I had a parent about five months ago. They were, I heard them talking, oh, we need a book for our kid to read. And I said, hey, how about my book? And they're like, no, no, we want something good. And I basically was like, okay. I turned around real quietly and just walked away. I was like totally shocked that they even said that. But like they assume because I wrote it, and it's a local book that it can't be something too special, right? Like, cause we're, I'm a local author. So it's kind of funny with perception. Yeah. Yeah. The, what is it? Uh, <clears throat> you're not a prophet in your own town, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they say, right? Jesus even had to preach, uh, you know, somewhere else to be recognized, right? Or something like that in the Bible. I forget yeah, the exactly. exactly. You would know that better than me, but yeah, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> So today's topic is a good one. You know, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, what we're, what we're talking about, we kind of made it into an equation because everything is literally a mat or sum of all things you do. Like you were saying, what, what, did, what do you read? Like, and you and I share book titles back and forth. Like, I'm, I'm just rereading The Purple Cow. We recommended it last week. Um, and uh, it's such an impactful book. I'm telling you, like, the, if you think the way this guy thinks, and he has a new edition now on um, on Kindle that is a revised edition for, for this day and age, because it is about 10 years old, the book. Um, but he talks about, you know, what makes you the purple cow? Like, why are you special? Well, amongst all the other karate schools, what makes you special, right? And remember when we did our speech in Atlantic City, we asked what people's brands were, and they were saying things like taekwondo, karate, jujitsu. And then we had to explain that's not really your brand. Um, it's, it's what you do, but it's not who you are. Like what makes you who you are? And I love what we wrote. We wrote new year plus new focus equals, and I wrote taking your school to the next level. Um, you know, you wrote next level. So like, what is it that, what makes people, what are they going to do? What's the new focus? So any insight on the topic? Yeah. You know, some of the stuff might even just be, uh, uh, old stuff, but with a new twist. So it doesn't have right. to be revolutionary or right. it could be old stuff that you just, never do <laughs> and yeah. that you should be doing uh with a new twist if that kind of makes sense oh absolutely without a doubt i took yeah. last and week when you when, when you talked last week i was taking notes like crazy going like that stuff i i always have done but i'm not as focused on it now and you were like a lot of things you were chatting about and things that we talk about all the time i was being reminded of it so sometimes just having that 
going through your old notes, going through your old system, seeing what works is everything. Yeah, you know, revisiting those things from time to time is going to be uh, important. It's just like, I, I think I, you, you're the one that said this, but, uh, um, you know, every year your school, every, excuse me, about every five years is a cycle in your school yeah. that it's, it's, a, it's all brand new people. Yeah. Um, every five years it's brand new people, uh, yeah. you know, ex- excluding maybe some of your employees. <clears throat> but more often than not, every single five years you've got a, a whole brand new set of new people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you really could take a look at how you're doing things and set it up on a five-year, uh, like if you really want to systemize, systematize things, you could set everything up on a five-year deal where, um, you know, year one you do this, year two you do this, year three you do this. I, right. I do that personally with, uh, like, our birthday cards that we send out to our students mm-hmm. is uh, I have five years' worth of birthday cards, and they recycle. Now, right. does that mean that, you know, some of the people that have been with me longer get the same card uh, you know, five years later, yeah, they do. Right. Um, right. But it's just the same card. The saying and and the stuff that's written inside of it is is, is a little bit different. Um, but the card is the same, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, well, you you know you're right. And remember when I talked about this five year cycle? You're you're, you're right. Like there's going to be like the longevity of the longest training student in your school. Some of mine, like I have a guy who's been with me for 17 years. A girl that's been with me. She started at three. She's 20. 17 years. Um, one of my oldest students, his name is Frank. He doesn't train actively anymore, but he still considers himself a student, but he trained me for 24 years. So, you know, but that's the, uh, that's not the norm. The average student lasts, you know, about 24 to 36 months if you're lucky. Um, so, you know, if you look at it, even people with a job, you know, statistically nowadays, people have 25 jobs in their lifetime. Years ago in the 40s and the 50s, it was two jobs in their lifetime. So people are bouncing around much more. They have less attention span. If things don't work their way, rather than working at it, they end up moving and changing and quitting. And unfortunately, in our industry, too, that's what a lot of people do. That's why this new trend, I don't know if you see it, is all these coaches, they call themselves disruptors. You know, they're like, I just did my quote fingers, you know, like they do something different. They're a disruptor. And I kind of find it interesting, but also at the same time comical because, you know, so what you do something a little bit different, you know, you're just taking a little bit of a spin. You're not changing the entire industry because of it. So, um, you know, it's an interesting topic. Yeah, exactly. It always is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so any tips for like uh, you know we we said you know uh, new year new you uh, w- new focus like what what do you think we can do this year um, to start off the year with a bang new and old what are some of your tips? Right. Well, the first thing is you do need to take a look at last year and see what you did and then base base things upon that decide what you what you want your following year to be like. So um, I don't remember now, but not last year, but 2016. I want to say we did. I don't know, uh, maybe let's say 18,000 in um, retail sales. Right. And this this year we ended, I think, over 25, almost 26,000 just in retail right. sales. Right. And so, you know, I made it my, uh, one of my, my goals for that or made it my business that, you know, last year to really bump up the retail sales. So right. <clears throat> I hate to go back to say know your numbers, but it's so important to be able to have information, and I'm not going to talk about statistics, okay? So yeah. don't hang up the the call here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not um, going to get it's not going to be number boring. 
No, 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 no. But uh, so that that would be my first thing is I would say go back, take a look at last year. Hopefully you have some sort of stats that you can look at. And then, you know, make some decisions on what you're going to do. If your cancellation percentage is horrible, you know, if you're at a, a 7 to 10 uh, percent cancellation, uh, you need to you need to figure out what's going on. I mean, just doing that is going to change things dramatically for you. Um, so, yeah, is that brand new? No, but it might be brand new for you. Uh, maybe you've yeah. never actually taken taken a look at that. And we talked about that in a, in a, in a uh, like two calls ago, I think, right right before we ended the year. Is you know, not only do you want to take a look at the cancellations and how many people are canceling, what can you do about that? But then take a look at the belts. Uh, that are canceling, meaning, you know, man, I have more brown yeah. belts that cancel than I have green belts or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and find out what's going on, be it whether the teacher that they have, uh, be it yeah. the, the curriculum or whatever. Right. So that's well, one thing I would go back and do. Well, I could, I'd love to just add on to both of those things. Number one, it's interesting. I did a post in the Century Martial Art page, and I, I asked people, I showed pictures of my school, and I asked everyone to show pictures of their schools. And, and great response, like 40 schools sent pictures of their schools. Most, if not 90% of them, gorgeous facilities. I mean, like some unbelievable. But then again, why would they, would they post it if it looked like crap, right? So, but um, what I found though, and I asked a lot of people, show me your retail. And there was only a few that showed me their retail. And the retail consisted of staple gear, whatever they spar with, fight with, and some weapons, hardly any of it on display. And then mostly like a little bit of branded t-shirts with their logo and stuff like that. And I asked a few questions like, why don't you have more of this? And a few of the people said, well, we don't, we don't show it. We have poster boards with a menu. Um, but, but my point is that the majority of them didn't know how to retail. They didn't retail it properly when they put it up out on display. And the third thing was that they were just doing what the small little niche of marketing that they do on the items that they think are retail-based, which is martial arts. You know, they didn't have, like, cool stuff. Like, they didn't have anything else, books, videos, DVDs maybe, or other things that are like-minded that attach to that marketplace, you know. So um, it was interesting to me that people still think that that retail is almost like a dirty word. And think about it. If, you, if you're making 50% and you did 25 grand, you made yourself $12,500 profit in your school on retail. That's like, you know, for most studios, that could be a whole month of their tuition. You know, you did an average of 2000 you know, a month or more. Um, and if you could do even better than that, now you're, that becomes a viable source of income within your school, right? So it's so well worth doing. And it's a, it's a service for your clients. People are wearing your name. They're proud of what they do. You know, it helps you all around. So that was one thing. And then the other thing you mentioned, too, is very, very important. It's like, what are you doing? Like, what is it that you've done well? Look at your statistics. Try to analyze your numbers to see if you could correct the problems in the future. Right. And if now let's say if you don't have any of that information, then I think you pick one or two things and focus on it in the first, you know, four months of this year and, and right. uh, really decide what, what you can do in order to make that, uh, make that shift happen, you know, for your school. The other thing yeah. I would say is um, – uh, you, you, uh, if you're not doing events, then you need to be doing events every, at least every other month. But if you can do an, an event a month, that would be good just to bring, um, you know, some excitement and, 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 yeah. uh, you know, some juice into your school. You do yeah. need to mix it up though. And so what do I mean by that? You, you know, one month the event might be for, uh, uh, just the, I don't know, 
12, seven to 12 year old kids, let's say. And then, right. you know, right. the next month is your, your women's self-defense. So it's only for women that are, you know, uh, 12 or 13 and older. And then the following month is just your three, four, five and six year old type things. And, right. um, that way you're not going and hitting the same market every single time for one. But then two, you're not forgetting a market that's inside of your class. You know, you don't want to forget uh, and right. have something, uh, not have something for those constituents. You know, maybe another one is, uh, just for, um, adult males. And it's a, right. uh, um, I don't know, uh, joint lock and wrist manipulation type thing. Just a quick, and then there, I know that you may, you may have a ton of things in your curriculum, but maybe there's some things that you, that you know that you don't usually teach, yeah. but you would teach inside of that seminar and stuff. So if you haven't done events or if you're not doing events on a, on a on a monthly or even a bi-monthly basis, I would say add some of those in this year and promote them. Rule of thumb is at least three weeks in advance to promote, uh, if not four. Um, and and by going to different uh, markets inside of your uh, clients, you're able to cross-promote. And, and right. not, even though the promotions might overlap, they that's okay because you're targeting different people. Yeah, and you know what was interesting going about, you and I have talked about events in detail on many of our calls too, but it's also about trying to figure out why. If you run an event, and let's just say uh, the demographic is from 6 to 12-year-olds, and, um, you know, you promote it to the entire school, uh, you only get, let's say you have 100 students to pull from, but you get like 40 to go. Most school owners go, wow, that wasn't bad, a good turnout. Like, you know, 40% of my enrollment went to this event. They never really look at it and go, like, but why didn't 100% or 80% go or 70% go? And then rather than doing that and saying, well, one, was the event promoted properly? Two, was it an event that interested everyone? Number three, did you, did you reach out to the people and, and, you know, explain to them what it was all about? So you got to always look at your numbers and say, what can I do better to get them to go? It's just like anything else. If you, if you were a college and you were only graduating 40% of your people through the door, you wouldn't have that great of a track record. You know, people would consider you a bad school. Um, so we have to look at ourselves and say sometimes, is this, are we doing our job properly? What message isn't getting across? Right. And, you know, the other thing that you can do is inside of your, um, however you call it, I know you call it welcome to the family pack. Right. It could be some sort of coupon that they could use on their first event. You know, right. be it a, an, a be it a percentage off, be it a dollar amount off. I would stick with a percentage off, only because right. every single event is usually a different price. Right. But if you give them a you know ten percent off of their first event, and then you list on there the events that are applicable to that uh, um, you know that coupon or whatever, uh, that's another way to uh, systematically and strategically get them uh, looking at that and involved with that. Uh, can I give one golden nugget out? And you've, you've heard me say this before to everyone who's listening So um, and who they listen in the future or whatever. But so let's say, you know, you have 100 people that could go to your event and 40 show up. What you should do is call up the 60 that it didn't go and find out why. And then you should offer them a decent, even if it's 50% off the next event, because what we want to do is get them in the, in the funnel. And I'll give you an example. When we have refrigerators and drinks in our schools, um, we have our one school that they're always running out of drinks. So people stopped <laughs> buying drinks because it was never in our store, and they started going to 7-Eleven. Now they make that a ritual, and they're like, oh, after class, we'll just stop at 7-Eleven. Now our refrigerator is full, and the drinks are not selling. 
because what we did was we retrained them to shop at 7-Eleven by not going, right? So we have to now break that cycle again and say, hey, we still have drinks. Get it here. Don't go to 7-Eleven, right? We got to get them back to get it used to buying it from our school. So the same thing goes when it comes to events. If a parent the kid never goes. You could write every flyer, put a poster that they have to walk through it, and they're still not going to go to it. You have to break that cycle. You have to get them to realize, like, maybe this could be fun. And sometimes you have to give away the farm to do so. But now maybe they'll do it and love it and go, you know, to all the other events or at least some of them. So you've broken the cycle, and you have to ask yourself those questions, and that's super important. Well, and it's uh, this is <clears throat> older statistics, but I know the concept is true. Dan Kennedy talked about the fact that, you know, uh, uh, a dry cleaner, when they first open, they say, uh, you know, a smart one, it says, all right, uh, everything you can fit to a shopping bag, your first, you know, your first dry cleaning is free. Right. And the the rule is that if you get them to come to your establishment three times, then you've got them, right? Right. Unless you screw something up. So. Yeah. First one is free. They'd go in, they'd drop it off. Well, when they come back, that's the second time. They've got to come back to pick it up. So you yeah. give them a 50% off coupon for the next one. And then they right. have to come. So now, now they go back on the 50% and they have to come back and pick it up. And then they should be there for life. And that's what you're talking about is, yeah, you give yeah. away the farm in the beginning. Um, but don't we do that anyways? Don't we do that with regards to our um, – trial classes aren't we giving away the farm when you do yeah uh if you're doing two weeks free in a free uniform or if you're doing two weeks for 39.95 in a free right. uniform or whatever it is right. you're giving away the farm because you're at least yeah. charging 100 bucks or more for that month right. and then you're giving so the concept that you just spoke about applies to events uh can apply can i say can yeah can apply to retail right you know, what if what if this year you do what ali teaches and he says that when you when you sit down in the enrollment conference to sign them up, you offer them a second uniform at a at a reduced rate, be it ten percent, right. be it thirty percent, be it forty percent, whatever. Right. But now you uh, otherwise you're going to miss that opportunity. They're going to hold on to that the the first uniform as long as they can. But right. while they're giving you the down payment and stuff, what's an what's an extra you know twenty bucks when they're already giving you you know the yeah. hundred and fifty or two hundred or whatever it is. Uh, to add that in and get that. Yeah, and hey, listen, I'm I'm known as being a really good businessman, right? But but when I say when I say that, when people say that about me, sometimes I get to be I get a little offended because I'm I'm not in it for just business to make money. But 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 here's the thing, people could look at it that way. So like I get you to join my school and I sell you a second uniform. I make a few extra bucks. But really, what I do, and I'm doing, I'm only bringing this up to kind of change people's psychology is um, what I do is I help the parent so that they don't have to wash their uniform every single day. I help them because they have multiple uniforms. They won't forget it. The kids will be more prepared. They will look neater and cleaner. There's a lot of benefits to doing upsells, especially at a discounted rate. Yes, we make 10 20% more by doing that, but at the same time, we eliminate a lot of problems because I, every day I have a parent Oh, I, I, they, I can't find their T-shirt. Well, get, you know what? I said to the dad the other day, why don't you take another shirt? They're usually 20 bucks. I'll give it to you for 10 bucks. I just don't want to see you struggling like this. Oh, that's really nice of you. So you're doing more of that helps them, and it helps us. Less stress, less frustration, you know, uh, goodwill. So sometimes we do that just to be, you know, to do the right thing. So what else do you think that uh, we could do this new year uh, to, you know, obviously equal – a uh, um, a next level 
type school? Well, I'll tell you what I started off doing again, and my focus is on working on talking to the family members and parents about enrolling in our school. Sometimes we mention it and then we don't follow up on it, but there's like, you know, in my lobby, there are moms. Every mom could be doing kickboxing in my school. There are dads. Every dad could be doing martial arts, and there are siblings. Every one of them could be training as well. Sometimes we just focus on them coming through the door because they're a student and the classes. So we have to really personally reach out and, and say, listen, try it. What could it hurt? You know, get them in there for zero pain point and really work on them. And the second thing is, too, is asking the people that are coming through the door for the trials, do you have a friend or f multiple friends that you'd like to bring with you? We forget to do this all the time. It's something I've been talking about for years. Just like I forget to upsell people to the second uniform, I just did that um, yesterday. I had two people sign up in my Black Book Club. I forgot to mention second uniform, second equipment, all that other stuff, because you're just in the throw of things and you forget. So we're like literally tossing out a lot of opportunities just by not sticking to the, hey, would you like a 25 cent upgrade of soda with, with your popcorn? You know, that's people, I've, I've heard an interview where they get fired at landmark theaters and other theaters if they forget to ask for the, for the upgrade. And they actually have super right. choppers come in and try it. Oh, you, you forgot three times in a row, we're going to have to get rid of you because they know there's millions of dollars in the upgrade. So, so that's something that's one thing that I suggest is asking those questions. Find out within your school, what are your staple upsells? What are your, what, you know, hey, would you like Master Brummett's book with, with you, know, you know, his book on goal setting? You know, you're, you're joining now. If you like, we have this book. It's really complimentary to the training. Maybe you could read it with your child or whatever. They're $9. You know, we forget to ask that. Right. Well, and I like how you brought up uh, the dad could do this, the mom could do that. Yeah. You know, we have a unique we have a unique business where two times a year we strategically do that, Father's right. Day, Mother's Day. But this is a we could also do it every single year at the beginning of the year. This could be a New Year's uh, opportunity for parents, and so right. uh, you know, strategically put that putting that in, and probably advertising it starting back in December. Yeah, um, all the way through uh, January, maybe even February. Yeah, uh, and I. I personally like to organize things in such a way that it's just it's a stapled thing that I do, if that makes sense. Right. So that, yeah. that, that, that's why I think that way. But then the other thing is, along with the siblings, not that you couldn't do that at the new year, um, but I kind of like the uh, summertime activity uh, opportunity for the siblings. You know, you're going to be here in the summer anyways. Why right. not get them involved, at, you know, and, uh, you know, that type of thing. So strategically doing it at that time of year. Now, again, not that you couldn't do it at any other time of the year, uh, but, right. but uh, if you're looking for uh, ways to just be very strategic about things and so that you don't forget, um, that's, that's some, some ideas. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? You, you know, again, you and I work so well together. Like, you'll say something and my mind will just race. Like, so um, summer. Right. Here's the thing. Right now, we should be marketing for summer camp, summer events, yep. um, and we should be talking to non-training students. Because, listen, if a mom needs to put Johnny, you know, your student in camp, but she has another sibling, she's probably going to want to put both of them in there. So, you know, there, there's got to be a way for you to give them a presentation like we already did. We did a holiday special at our retail um, you know, Christmas sale where we sold like 15 weeks of summer camp already. 
Um, you know, when I say 15 weeks, that could be like, you know, one person buying, you know, th- you know, five weeks and another person buying two. But we have 15 weeks already sold for summer camp. And I intend on doing another special um, next month where we're going to do another really good deal to try to get people on board. And parents love if they know they're coming to my camp, they wait around for my specials and they gobble them up and they get these incredible discounts. But a lot of people will sign up and, and it, it just is already securing that my future of summer camp is going to be full. Right. Right. So it's important for us to always look at that. Hey, what do we do? You know, how do we, you know, how do we do it? What are we looking at in the future? And this is important because right now our planning for today is really planning for like, you know, we're we're January, we're planning for end of February, March and April. That's what we should be thinking about. And we should have already had a campaign set up for January. Right. So and that was months ago that we would be marketing into this month. Right. So we have to always kind of think ahead. Yeah. And I, that's what I do when I, you know, help a school owner is I, I'll ask them what they're doing now for marketing. And they're just, right. you know, they're just throwing crap on the wall. And I'll say, okay, well, yeah. you know, if let's say we're talking right now, what are you doing? What are you doing for February? Well, February is right. not here yet. Well, yeah. you're right. February isn't here, but it is here. You know, you need to be. Yeah thinking about February back in December so that it gives you four weeks to uh, advertise or three weeks to advertise or what have you. And so normally then what I'll do is I'll just say, you know what, I know this sounds contrary to to something I should say, but we're going to put off anything for February, and right now we're going to start focusing on March. Right. And they just kind of, you know, they're shocked that I'm saying that, and I'm like, no, 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 we need to get ahead. Right. Um, and your life will be so much better. You won't feel like what you, you talk about is, you know, being in the blender, um, yeah. you know, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, hey, a new year, I would I would be looking ahead this year and how you can uh, organize your uh, marketing to, right. you know, systematize things, but then simplify it uh, as well. Right. And, and you know what, though, too, is that you got to have your – not only marketing, but like you said before, your special event set out, right? You should you should be thinking three, four months in advance, two items ahead. So, and here's the thing. If you hand out a flyer for, let's say, Nerf Wars, which is happening at the end of February, and then you have April, February, March, April, maybe April, May, you're doing another event, you could have at the bottom, um, you know, we're doing basket weaving in, in April. Mark your calendar, you know, and then so people, people, believe it or not, are creatures of their calendars. So like they're already like my daughter's already considering where she's going on spring break with her friends. You know, it's not for a few months. Right. But she's already trying to they're setting plans up way ahead of time because you have to. Right. So we, we have to realize that parents are just so inundated with schedule and calendars and, you know, like, hey, we're doing a tournament this coming Sunday. Oh, there's a lot going on. We have this, we have that and so on. And, you know, that's why we tell our tournament people the whole year in advance what our dates are going to be. Yeah, so they can block them out. Yeah, and people will. They will because they're in our rating system. They don't want to miss a tournament. They will schedule their vacations around our tournaments because they're into what we do. And that's super, super important, right? So um, anyway, just so that's those are a few little tidbits. I think the other thing, too, is, as you mentioned it before, is, you know, we talked about this last week is retention, um, trying to see where people are quitting, knowing your numbers. If you're not doing that, and if you're, if you're still making the excuse and saying, well, I've never done that before, I don't really have those numbers, and this is the year to start, right? Yeah. This is the year that you need to do it. So we could, we could talk about why you didn't do it, right? But we should really get it done, right? Nowadays, this is what you need to do. 
right? So super yeah, important. It is. And so then with the numbers, not only knowing uh, or keeping the numbers, but actually knowing how to dissect and, and right. uh, uh, understand those numbers would be the next piece to that. So it's not just enough to, to do it. Although, hey, yeah. If you if you did it and Allie took a look at it or I took a look at it, we can tell you what it means if you don't know what it means. But at, right. at the very least, you have you have to do it. Right, exactly. And yeah, and we we have many calls that we've you know jumped in pretty heavy on what statistics yeah. to keep and so on and so forth. So rather than going into that all now, um, but uh, we really you know it's important for people to realize that that knowing your numbers is super super important. I mean, it's just something that. Um, let me tell you, we'll save your life when it comes to running your business. You know, I love the show. I don't know if you watch it, which is Marcus Limonis and, uh, you know, The Prophet. Um, and uh, it's a great show because he goes in and he invests in businesses. But the first thing he always looks at is the balance sheet. And, you know, the yeah. numbers tell, tell the truth. People could say, oh, I'm doing well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then he looks at their balance sheet and he goes, but you're uh, $400,000 in debt and you have collection companies coming after you. Or... The, the numbers aren't reflecting what you say they were. Um, so people should start to learn a little bit more about that. I, I recommend, and for those listening, that they go out and buy the game. It's called Cash Flow by Rob Kiyosaki. It's like a real deal life, um, life uh, monopoly. But it's a game designed to teach people how to manage their money. How, and, and it's a great, and you could play it with young kids. They even have Cash Flow for Kids. But I've raised my daughter on this game. My girlfriend and I and my fiancé and, my, and my, I and my daughter, um, we play this game. And you have to write out a balance sheet. They, they give you a personality like you're a doctor. And here's your expenses, how much the kids cost, how much college costs. And then you go around buying investments. And then you try to get yourself out of the rat race and put yourself into the fast track. And it's a phenomenal game. I used to play it with my employees. We'd get together every Wednesday over bagels and play an hour and a half, some of my top people, and play cash flow. Um, but uh, it's such a good game to learn your business, learn your craft, learn who you are, learn how to run your business at a you know the three next levels next level school owner club model. High quality, high profit, low stress. Right, that's what we teach our clients. Right, not to be you know in an organization where you're charging twenty bucks and you have forty five thousand students, but to be in a you know have have a hundred students at you know forty five hundred dollars. You know that kind of thing. You want to just do the right thing so you could focus more on the quality for your students. Yeah, I don't have that game. I, I, maybe I need to get that game. Oh, dude, you would love it. I mean, you especially would love it. I don't know if you're like my my daughter. Sometimes, oh, it's so long, and I'm like, but it, but Kiara, and and you, you know what's incredible when you play this game with others, you get to see their personalities and their fears. And I actually played with. I went to a Rob Kiyosaki seminar, and we played in two hours of this game with all the people at the seminar, and every table had one of his mentors. And it was interesting because, you know, it's also just a game, but they get out of the rat race like that. Like they'll take everything they have and mortgage their businesses and their banks, and then they make enough money to buy big investments. When all of us would fall back on our own, like, oh, my God, I don't have, I don't have enough cash. I don't want to extend myself. I'm afraid to do it. I'm not going to invest yet. I'll do it on the next round or the next round. Or the, and you get to see why people don't succeed because of their fears, so it really is awesome. And you can even do it online. You could play it online now with people from around the country and jump into a game hmm. and play with people from all over. But anyway, great game, great fun, and great 
great knowledge. But so school owners should start to understand that. In fact, Ryan Blanchard, he, he, he liked our post. He's on our post now. I don't know if he's listening still, but I went to teach a seminar at his school and him and his partners who are investors in real estate, we all sat down and played cash flow as, as oh, nice. one night to hang out together. And they're all like high successful business owners and real estate entrepreneurs and, and so on. And we all played together. It's just such a great learning experience. So with the uh, with the new year, new focus, bringing your school mm-hmm. to the next level, um, the the thing that you need to, I think, you tell me if I'm wrong, uh, the thing that you need to work on most importantly is yourself. Because right. if you yourself are not the business person that you need to be, then then your school isn't going to be anywhere near where it needs to be. I've said this before, your school will only grow as high as you grow. And so uh, you are the actual bottleneck of your studio. And you're the one that uh, creates the constraints for it. And so it's so important to, you know, sometimes get out of the way and let somebody else do it because maybe they can do it better than you. But then, too, though, is, is is to know that, you know, maybe I need to learn more in this area so that I can correct this uh, right. type thing. So I would say this year, make it, make it, a, make it your goal to, you know, I don't know, maybe quarterly work on one aspect of you that yeah. is going to not only enhance you but also enhance your business. So, for instance, it, the the new year, new you type thing is obviously fitness and working out, but. We right. all know, and, and the numbers show that when you do work out daily, even if it's just 20 minutes of cardio exercise a day, you actually are a more productive human being. You sleep better. You work better. Your attitude is better. And so uh, maybe for the first three months, uh, you know, I know this is the middle of the month right now, but maybe for the first three months you do that. Uh, and that's what your focus is on, not, not anything else in your business, uh, just that, so that you can become a more uh, productive individual, and then moving on to another aspect of your business. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you need help with customer service, or maybe you need help with whatever it is. There's information out there. Be it going to Amazon and buying books and reading them. Uh, you know, coming to see you know Ali or myself and and doing some uh, coaching, whether it's through our our, our online program or one on one coaching or whatever yeah. it is. Um, you know that one, and this is a selfless plug. That one usually takes a little bit more than three months. Well, I was going to say, I, I was going to say, like when you were talking, you know, you're telling every we should tell people to go to our program, and then you said it. But what I want, I wrote in the Facebook post, always be the student, right? So we we get caught up in the day to day all the time as school owners. So where the, sometimes we're just in that blender over and over again, spinning around, like I talked about in the past, and then we get home, we put our head on the pillow, and we start right back up the next day doing the same thing. If anything, read books, listen to audio tapes. And always be the student. Train in your martial art and become better at your craft, but also be training your business to become a better business person. Now, our program, Next Level School Owner Club, is perfect for that because you could do it at any time of the day or night. It's online. There are multiple levels on how deep you want to go. Some of our people sign up for the basic program. Some of them sign up for the mogul, which is the second tier. All of it comes with different things. However, with our program, and again, I'm plugging it, um, because I think it benefits people, is that um, our program teaches people and gives them the steps and improving to make them a better business person. 
teaches them how to run their business, not just things to do, although we do that as well, but it makes them better at who they are. It gives them an education like cash flow, the game does, on how to be a better bookkeeper, business owner, a marketer, manager, all of that stuff. And it's so cheap. Why would you not do it? It's like I don't understand why people won't invest in themselves, right? And they have to do that. It's so important. Well, you know, the, <clears throat> how many years did it take you to decide to do something? I mean, there's got to be something yeah. in your life that you just didn't do until, right? you know, three years later, four years later, whatever it is, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes yeah, like you have to learn the hard way. Investing yeah. in Bitcoin, right? Like, you know, like my, fr my friend accidentally invested in Bitcoin. Bitcoin. When I say accidentally, it was this whole Russian scam, and they, they, they commandeered his computer, and they held him for a bribe. They said, if you pay me $1,500, we'll give you your computer back. No joke. A legitimate, you know, scam. So he went and he paid them, and they only would take Bitcoin. So he took out $2,000 in Bitcoin and he paid the $750 and then they said, okay, another $750 and you can have all your info back. And he did it. So lo and behold, he's got $500 in Bitcoin sitting. That $500 that his, his uh, you know, people who they, um, uh, you know, stole from him ended up making him like $18,000 in Bitcoin. So he ended up making money on this bribery extortion that he had held against him. They actually caught, they actually made him a profit. But, uh, but anyway, so you got to think of ahead, you know, going into that, like, you, how, what are you doing, Dwayne? Like right now, what are you, some of your focuses? And I'll share one or two of mine. But what are some, what are you doing right now for the new year? Yeah, well, retail, I'm taking a look at retail just because, um, you know, I want to see if I can take it from 25, 26 to maybe 30 to 35. Um, Let's brainstorm on what, that together. Let's brainstorm on that together, you and I. And maybe we could document it. And then show people, right? Like how you did it, you know, and like really, really show them. Sure. I'm I'm down with that. Cool. I'm down with that. So the other thing is Go ahead. Yeah, retail yeah, retail is uh is, is is you know, the primary thing. But then uh secondary to that is I I'd like my sign up rate, you know, my percentage for my sign up rate to be higher. Um, right. You know, last year uh last year we closed out at uh, a sixty percent sign up rate. A little, like almost 61%. And, right. you know, I, when I was personally doing all of it, I know this is not, a, this is impossible, I think, unless I'm the one doing it. But when I was doing it, mine was as high as 76%. Right. So 70%, 76% of those people, you know, I signed up. If I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with 60, but I'd, I'd like to get to 65 and see if I can right. push that this year. Uh, mm -hmm. what, you know, what does that entail? Part of it entails, you know, making sure that I'm advertising to my target market so I'm getting actual people to come in and, and uh, uh, that, are, that are interested in not just being, you know, cherry pickers. But then the right. other thing is um, this year I've switched from free trials, uh, so no free trials at all, to paid okay. trials to okay. see if people that are paying these trials um, are, are uh, more – uh, but they're just a better client for me in the end, if that makes sense. Right, right. Um, it definitely does. I would love to know your statistics as far as that goes when it comes to the paid trials. If it, if more of those people that do finally come through the door because they are slightly committed because they did pay some money, if they're going to end up being a better changeover or or you know sign up ratio. Well, here's the reason I did it did this because my numbers were showing for 
when I used to do the karate for Christmas for 50 bucks, okay, two months, get a free uniform, free belt testing, 50 bucks, you know, I'd get 70, 76, you know, people to sign up. And, but my, my conversion rate was only, I'm trying to remember the numbers. It was, like, I want to say it was like a 55, 56, somewhere around there percentage, right, uh, of signups. But when I did the $69 for the same thing, I did have less people uh, buy it, but I had a, uh, like a 72% sign-up rate of those people. And then I also looked back at the people that bought the karate for Christmas for 50 bucks. Right. Know, how, long did, did, how long did they stay with me compared to the people that bought it at 69? And I found out that the people that bought it for 69 were staying with me 11 or 12 or even 13 months longer than the people that did the $50 one, if that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. So, so yeah, that's... You know, and I was just going to say, it wasn't just, you know, you got to take a look at it. What's your sign-up rate? And, you know, so what's your conversion? Well, but also... Not only that, but how many of those people stay with you a longer period of time, uh, mm-hmm. too. So there's, there's a couple of different metrics going on there. So that's, those are the two biggest things that I'm focusing on this year. That's great. I mean, yeah, me too. I, I mean, I'm focused in, uh, if we could think of one holistic concept, I'm focused on inside-out marketing and inside-out business. So meaning that, you know, exterior marketing is advertising in the paper and doing whatever you do to get the name out there and recognized and so on. In t- inside out marketing is high quality referrals, you know, dealing with the clientele, sibling marketing within the base that you have that's currently in your school all the time anyway, and converting those people into members, whether it be family memberships or special deals or whatever to get them through the door so they can taste and be, be part of what you do. And um, I tend to think that we and even our school neglect that so much. We're always focused on bringing new members in. And then I want to work more on getting a real buzz. And I say buzz because uh, any kind of program is only as good as the buzz around it. Meaning like, you know, if I did a referral program and I can give away um, a a Corvette for everybody who brings in a new person, you know, um, some people won't even even listen to me, right? So, but if I could get a buzz around it and park that Corvette in my showroom and everyone gets to sit in it and work towards it, maybe it would create a buzz. I mean, I'm being extreme, but um, sure. we, have to re- we have to really get people to understand what we do and be interested enough to do it. Like buddy days, you know, it's only good if people bring buddies in. You could do buddy days every five weeks. If no one shows up, it's a waste. So we have to figure out a way to get people motivated and excited. And and they only will be motivated and excited is if they're happy and they're busting at the scenes, raving fans. So our goal right. is to create raving fans continuously, right? Yeah, and that um, kind of falls under the category of last week's call to a certain degree with regard – I think it was last week's where we talked about um, – you know, knowing what your your clients want, and then delivering to them what they want, and then then reminding them of what they wanted that it was delivered, and then repeat it, and, and that type right. of thing. So, right, awesome. Well, that's a lot of info. Rather than staying on way too much longer and giving way way more, let's do like we do. Let's cut it off, and and then have people come back next week and get some more info from us. Um, and you know, any last thoughts, or you want to close it? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay. 
Awesome. So I just encourage people to get on our podcast. They can listen to this while driving in their car. If they're new, new, uh, listening to us on Facebook and new to what we do, everything that we video that people could watch, we also record audio and it's available on the schoolownertalks.com and iTunes, right? So people could just download it. They could be notified every time there's a new podcast until they miss. There's 157 of these for them to listen to. Um, some really good interviews with people like Frank Shamrock, John Gaston, um, the head of the Guardian Angels, um, you know, uh, Ernie, um, uh, what was, uh, I'm trying to think, and I forget his name, and uh, I'll remember it in a second. Um, not Ernie, um, Benny Urquidez did an interview with us as well, and a whole bunch of amazing people. So, um, yeah, you know, let's definitely, um, let's definitely uh, have you guys sign up for that. It's free. And listen to our stuff. Drive around in your car and get some good ideas. And Ryan Blanchard just wrote good stuff. Thanks for what you do. Ryan, thank you. We, we mentioned you if you heard it before in the call, and uh, we appreciate you very much. Well, hey, and you and John Hackleman going at it. You know, that was uh, one of our most popular that's, calls. That's true. Over like 3,000 people, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So, and uh, maybe we'll do another one. In fact, I, I have someone I'm going to mention it to you, so I'll mention it now right in front of everybody. My good buddy, Mel Abraham, he's a world-renowned public speaker. He's an actuary um, and, uh, and a coach. He, he's going to do an interview with us. And, um, you know, he, he's an amazing public speaker, amazing motivational coach, um, and a martial artist. So that's a good thing. Him and I travel to Japan together. He travels the world speaking. Um, and uh, we definitely, without a doubt, are going to have him on in the next few weeks. He's a great guy. So people look forward to that as well. All right, well, uh, until next week, guys, uh, thank you very much. Allie, we'll talk to you later, man. Awesome, Dwayne. Talk to you later. Have a great day. See ya.